the Life President of the Republic, His Excellency, the Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, Al-Hajj, Field Marshal, Dr. Idi Amin Dada, B.C., From the film The Rise and Fall of Idi Amin, those were as many titles of Amin, the third president of the Republic of Uganda. This is part one of the four-part podcast series narrating how Idi Amin's stories were narrated to children alongside the funny and comical legend Isheka Tawaz. My name is Eric Moinemugaj. Growing up in Ishaka, a small town in southwestern Uganda, many children were not told bedtime stories, and I was not an exception. There was instead a tradition called Okuganira among the Banyankore people, which can be interpreted as storytelling in English. The literal tradition of Banyankore people was exclusively oral, so our parents and extended family frequently told stories to us, especially after dinner. We would sit patiently around the fireplace and listen. As children, we always waited for such moments as they were demarcated space for entertainment and humor. Personally, I had three favorite character characters in stories that were told to us. For example, stories of a cunning hare, the adventures of the legend Isheka Tavaz, and then the other big-footed, funny, and comical character who also ruled the country at some point. Alongside the cunning hare, which always outwitted other animals, there was Isheka Tavaz, a cheeky, legendary character from which folk stories, stories such as those of solving riddles, were narrated. I do remember the stories of Isheka Tawazi. One of the key stories, one of the funny stories I do remember was Isheka Tawazi Akaliechi Nogonya. To interpret that in English, it's like Isheka Tawazi ate a worm. It was a very, very funny story, but at the same time it was very educative. The stories of his foolery, bravery and trickery was loved by us as children. He tested boundaries of conventional culture norms and was always present at every function. Being a wedding, a funeral or a coronation of a king, he was there. He was funny, he would amuse guests. For example, among many of his misadventures, when Ishekata was lost a fight to a pregnant woman, he was not short of excuses. His excuse this time was that he could not possibly fight two people at once. Because Ishekata was did and said things that no simple mortal would dare, our parents referencing him elicited a great deal of humor. His stories of defty and witty abuse of norm often turned out as a subject of hearty laughter for us as children. And I think it's because as children we would at one time cross boundaries. So Isekatabas was some kind of hero to us as children. However, I would later find out that those seemingly ridiculous stories are often educational. For example, at the time, it was never right that the man admitted publicly to being beaten by a woman. 
But what those stories, such as a fight with a pregnant woman, would teach us as children was public confession tweaked to make it even more comical. It would stick in anyone's head. Another character narrated to us by elders was even more controversial. This giant of a man spoke bad English and hailed from northern Uganda. He was uneducated, but he seemed to have convincing answers for almost everything. He was funny, he was unconventional, he danced, he played accordion, his stories were, uh, um, seemed to amuse us as children, and this was Idi Amin Dada. Growing up in Uganda, which had suffered quite considerably under Idi Amin, during the subsequent fighting with Tanzanian forces, stories of Idi Amin were frequently told to us. I remember um, the first time I really encountered Idi Amin was uh, in my primary six, which in Uganda is the year before you finish your primary school. 11-year-olds thought about him and how he was a cannibal and the image we had of him was really this scary monster. And, you know, that image grew throughout life. I remember Idi Amin as being a comical character because of his poor grasp of English and distinct northern accent. If you spoke broken English, you were laughed at by other children and called Idi Amin. It did not help that his nickname was Chiquito, Big Shoe in Rinyankore on account of his big feet. It was narrated that this giant of a man even wore size 15. And for us, this just added to the caricature we children understood Idi Amin to be and even made him one of a funny guy. I remember two particular stories, one that Idi Amin was overthrown by Tanzanians for stealing bananas, and in retaliation, the Tanzanians invaded Uganda and overthrew him. Looking back on the ridiculousness of the story, I think it was to warn us as children from stealing. If you consider other stories that were made up and commonly narrated to us as children, Idi Amin was presented as some kind of a buffoon. It was alleged in one of, mis of Idi Amin's misadventures that while he was addressing a rally in southwestern town called Kavari, he was quoted to have referred to the people of Kavari as vegetables instead of referring to them as vegetable farmers. On his way back to Kampala, his spin doctor made him aware of his grammar mistake. Amin being Amin and unconventional, he ordered that the helicopter returns to Kavari so that he could correct his grammar mistake. He got out of the helicopter and muttered just two words, vegetable, farmers, job done, and he returned to Kampala. The ridiculousness and the way Idi Amin's stories were told and twisted to make him humorous and almost harmless remains a mystery to me. In reality, I think this was an effect of many parents trying to shelter their children from the ruthless side of Idi Amin. In whole honesty, it would be unfair to compare a loved children character such as that of Ishekatabas to that of Idi Amin. But what amazes me though is how our parents use such a divisive character for education purposes. Thank you for listening. In the second part, I will explore the other side of Idi Amin, from a comical character to a dictator. The Idi Amin as was taught in classrooms and stories from popular culture in Uganda. <music> <music>